Hey there, and welcome to the Punched and Played podcast. We're the sometimes funny, sometimes analytical podcast all about board games and the unique experiences they create. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Rose. I'm joined by Jonathan Baker. Hello, everybody. And Clint Broadbent. Howdy. How are you guys doing? We're getting there. Board Game Geek Con, just a couple weeks. Whoop, whoop. That's my, that's my light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually going to be our topic for the night. I got to be honest, I frequently pull up the calendar and count down how many days are left. Who's <laughs> counting? Do you, do you have a BGG advent calendar? <laughs> <laughs> I probably should. One day closer. Each day you open a new board game, the number, yeah, counting down. There you go. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious, we, since our podcast is called the Punch and Played Podcast, and we always talk about what games we've played recently, but I'm kind of curious, are there any games that you've punched recently? I feel bad. Both my games that I've punched recently uh, are the games that I've played this week. No, it's fine. So new games that you've received. Oh, okay. So new games I received. So I got Mysterium, finally. Okay. Uh, my my copy came in, which I'm super excited about. I uh, got some Mayday sleeves for that. So um, I'm going to sleeve it. Really super pumped about that. So okay. it's hard to believe that I played Mysterium a year ago now, and I'm finally starting to get the game. So yeah, I know. Probably we're going to find some games at Board Game Geek Con that we're like, oh, I just can't wait for this game to come out, and we're just going to get them right before the next Board Game Geek Con. So. <laughs> Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. So you got the English version. Got the English version. Kind of went back and forth. I still stand by that I think that the the foreign edition, uh, the art, I like the artwork a little bit better. But I don't hate this new kind of this new artwork. I think it's I think it's good. Uh, again, I'm really I'm just excited to play it. That kind of experience. I'm really bummed. I got it like two days after Halloween, so I was bummed that we couldn't get that to the table for Halloween. But uh, I'm really excited to play it. So I got that one. I got a game called Downfall of Pompeii, mm-hmm. and I got Pandemic Legacy. <gasps> so. Oh my stars! Yeah, the hype. Yes, the hype. The hype was real, so I was able to uh, get that out, and we'll probably talk about that a little later because I know we've both, we all of us, have played it, but not yeah. it's not together. Okay. Well, my new game is the big one for me. Uh, it's Time Stories. Finally, we're able to get that. The other one that I recently got from Kickstarter was Above and Below. Uh-huh. And this was a, a game that I, I, I feel like Jonathan maybe overhyped a little little bit in his head. <laughs> the hype. I like it. I enjoyed um, that quite a bit. But It's a beautiful game. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a sweet spirit. <laughs> so we've been talking about this for a while that we need, we need to come up with some type of rating scale for Jonathan. Yeah. Something along the lines of, it's a beautiful game, or... It's all right. It's fine. I didn't hate it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the tricky part, we'll be trying to figure out how we uh, quantify this in some way to put what goes... Where, where does it's fine land for you, John? On a scale of one to ten. It depends on the inflection. Um, <laughs> yeah. There was an it's fine earlier that was a, a pretty good it's fine, and then there's an it's fine, you know. It's, it's all right. Interesting. Okay. Who hurt you, Jonathan? <laughs> Who hurt you? When it comes to games, he must have been like hit by a, a board game and he's just I don't know. I just I like to tease him a little bit that it's uh it's like the Darth Vader shirt. It's just like this is really good game and it's all like the same face and it's like it's gonna be either I hated it or I hated it. He he rarely says that he hates a game though. He's in denial about this. <laughs> I think we we talked about this last episode. It was it was betrayal. That was that was on my hate list. Okay, all right. On a scale of betrayal to Lord of the Rings card game, where did it where did above and below? It was right smack in the middle, probably. <laughs> no, no, it's in the upper. It's oh in the upper echelon. Gosh. I'll put it in the upper upper half for sure. So We've, it's above a five. We played this twice. Okay. And the first time, I never went below. Yeah, he just played, played above. Above and above. Mm-hmm. And I had a wonderful little apple cider generating economy going on, and it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And you won. I did win. The second time we played, I went below pretty heavily, and I did not win. But everyone in that game went below. True. 
True. So we kind of have this. Uh, we haven't. I haven't played it enough to really test this theory or not. But in Caverna, mm-hmm. it, in, in the rule book, it says that if you're the only person who goes with goes on goes adventuring and goes gets the looting and all that. Yeah. So if you go heavy in weapons and you're the only one that does that, you're probably going to win. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. if you're the only person who doesn't go in weapons, you're probably going to win. Yes. So I w- I'm curious to kind of see if since he didn't go below at all in this game. And and for those of you that aren't familiar with Above and Below, essentially it's a Ryan Lockett game and you are essentially rebuilding a civilization, your your village. And you discover this kind of like the perfect place to build, rebuild your village. And then you also find these caverns that are down below. So you can go on adventures and go exploring and see what you find under underground. And by doing that, you actually get to read these narrative, think, Tales of Arabian Nights, Agents of Smirsh. It triggers a little reading of here's a scenario and then you have a choice. It's not as in-depth of choices as you'd get in those games. It's more like, okay, did you send the right type of people with you? Did you have enough lanterns to be able to explore enough? And then you have some choices. You can either do kind of a... I wouldn't call it a good versus bad dichotomy. I really wouldn't put it in that. It's more along the lines of are you going to be kind to others or are you going to be a little bit more selfish? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it kind of rides the line between that. But I like that. I like that choice. But sometimes when you try to be kind, sometimes things blow up on you. And sometimes when you're selfish, there's the consequences that go along with that as well. So I'm happy to report, at least from what I've experienced so far, the narratives. I was really afraid that it would kind of lock you in as... Well, I'm going to go for the one that has the highest exploration. I need this many lanterns. That's going to give me the best reward. But I'm finding that it's not as clear-cut as that, that there are some nuances that sometimes you'll want to think about what's going to be best for you, what do you think you'll actually be able to take as a reward as a result. So it's not that as in-depth. I think that what makes Jonathan and myself different is that as we were looking at this game on Kickstarter, I think Jonathan was super, super excited about this game. Mm -hmm. I almost backed it, people. I know. We've talked about it before. But what was it about the game that you were just like, yes, I want, I think I want to back this game? Uh, I love the art. I love the idea of it. I just kind of love that whimsical look, the little kind of mini sieve building. And then I, I like the storytelling part too. But the thing is, that you, obviously, Ryan Lockett games are, are beautiful. Yes. But you're not buying the game for the art. That's a, that's a big selling point. But you were excited about the gameplay. I was. So what were you expecting from the gameplay that didn't deliver? Or didn't reach that level of how you hyped it up in your head? I wish I could answer that. I I think probably for me, the thing that I like the least about this game is how tight it is at the very beginning. It's so hard to get your economy going. And so far, I've, in both of my plays, I've put a lot of effort into that and made some progress. But it just, I don't know, it feels really tight at the beginning. It is. You're really scrambling for money. You feel like you just don't have enough to really accomplish enough. But that really encourages you to really be able to start building your economy by buying cards that get you more increased income, getting yourself goods, which you can then put on your advancement track to try to get more money as well. But yeah, things are a bit tight in the beginning. And I I would definitely agree with that criticism. What about the storytelling aspects? I don't know. I, I guess it didn't quite live up because at the end of the game... Uh, the second game, when I did go below and did encounter all the stories, I was like, well, well, you know, I probably had a little more fun the first time when I played it, and I didn't have a single story. So I don't know. I don't know why. All right, let's let's dive in here. <laughs> let's go deeper. <laughs> Tell me where it hurts, Jonathan. We're doing board game therapy with Jonathan. Yes, we are. <laughs> so... You say you had more fun. I think so. When you didn't do any of the exploration, any of the storytelling. But for me, the storytelling is the draw for this game. I totally agree. Well, I somewhat agree. For me, the draw was finding something that looked like it would work, finding a strategy that, that connected together. And I felt like I found that kind of by default in the first game. I actually bought a, a building to stop you from kind of running away with it the way I felt towards the, the beginning of that game. And then that kind of informed the rest of my choices throughout the rest of the game. And I just, I liked the little economy thing I had going. Uh, the second game I played, my economy, I, b- I bought a mushroom building and I never ever got a single mushroom. You guys totally cut me out of that. I never got a single point out of that. 
That was one of the first buildings I bought. Mushrooms are actually pretty hard to come by. There's there's a different. There are eight different resources in that game, mm-hmm. and there are three different tiers of how rare they are. Mm-hmm. And mushrooms are supposed to be one of the more common ones, but just by pure chance, we just had a really hard time getting cards that provided mushrooms. I was also thinking about this. One of the things that and I don't know if it would change my my gameplay very much at all, but one of the things that I keep forgetting that is an option is the pay to refresh. Yes. I totally forget that every time. And maybe that would have, you know, given me some other options and some things that, you know, I would have done differently and maybe enjoyed it a little bit better. But I kind of just felt like, I felt like I did what I did well, mm-hmm. but still, I don't know. It, to me, I haven't played above and below, but I when you think when I think of like the choices, I think Dead of Winter, mm-hmm. and for me, I'm wondering what are the parallels between the storytelling in Dead of Winter, as in the storytelling for Above and Below. I feel like the choices are a lot more straightforward in Above and Below because again, you, there is still a little bit of that feeling of. Am I going to do something that's selfish for myself, or am I going to be helpful to other people? Mm-hmm. Now, there's a reputation track, so that influences if you're if you progress far enough on the reputation track by being kind to others, you can actually get quite a few points by doing that. What What's amazing about Dead of Winter and those Crossroads cards is that you feel the moral dilemma. You're faced with these two horrible choices, and you don't know what to do. Or you can you might have this. Gosh, this will be so much better for us, but I know I'm going to be completely hosing this other guy if I do that. Yeah. So you've got to have that in play. I don't feel that as much with mm-hmm. Above and Below. It's much more whimsical. It's yep. much. It's lighthearted, and I like that. Again, I think that if you go into thinking you're going to be able to have these amazing kind of epic stories where your choices really have significant impact, that's not. That's I was able to correct that before I got the game. I was came, I was able to realize that, okay, wow, it's pretty much, did you send enough explorers down to the cave to be able to roll the dice and hopefully get enough lanterns to be able to get the best reward potentially? Mm-hmm. So it looked like it was almost a little bit telegraphed out, kind of what would be the best choice. It's not always that clear cut, but I feel like it's it's very different from the storytelling you get with Dead of Winter. Yeah. I, f- I feel like the tone is different. Oh, sure, in, absolutely. In the case is that in Dead of Winter, it's about survival, and it kind of seems like in Above and Below, you're engine building. You're building for that, your civilization, and it's not so much, do you have like anything like Feed Your People or anything like that in Above and Below? Mm-mm. Yeah, I think that that kind of, that, that push or that thing of, oh, I really need this over this action is just not as efficient being the nice guy probably might not be as efficient as being the mean guy Mm -hmm. you know that's kind of where i'm you know i'm looking at it whenever you go up below i I, i'm excited to to read the stories to see what's coming up i like that part i still think it's an interesting aspect it's a wonderful aspect i really like it i wish it could do something a little bit more with it i think this is kind of a big experiment to try to tie in storytelling elements in a more direct way as opposed to you know tales of arabian nights where people argue it's not even a game Mm-hmm. I disagree. It may not be a, a really great game, but there's still a game there. But really, for Tales of Arabian Nights, you're doing it for the experience. You're wanting to immerse yourself in the stories and kind of... Some people said that game happens to you, but if that's what you're looking for, great. This kind of gives you a little bit more of a game behind it, and it has this storytelling piece on the side there. But it's almost like a gamble of sorts, because yep. you don't know what you're going to get whenever you go below. It's all about what card you drew, what die result you got, and what page you've happened to flip to, which is nice. You've got lots of random encounters, but I kind of like that excitement to a certain extent. Like, I was at a point towards the end of the game where I was like, I need money. You can spend one worker, and you'll get one coin for each worker that you put, make them go do labor. You'll get one coin for each worker you assigned. And that's not the most efficient use of your workers, but again, money can be tight sometimes. So it was like, okay... I need at least two more coins to be able to do anything. But I don't want to give up these two workers to be able to get over there. So maybe I'll just go and explore and see if I can get something. I probably could have taken the safe route and just went ahead and did the labor. But I actually went, sent enough explorers, happened to get the money I needed, plus some additional resources, which scored me even more points at the end of the game. So it really paid off, but I had no idea that I was even going to find coins going below. It was a gamble, yeah. Yeah, hmm. I feel like sometimes you're pushing. You're really pushing your luck. You know, do I 
do I send these people to do this? Do I exhaust them and hope that whatever the payout is good is going to be worth it? Yeah. So I'll have to give this one a try. This yeah. is I like Ryan Lockett games, but uh, I'll have to give it a try. And as somewhat negative as I'm probably coming across on this game, I actually want to play it right now. So I mean, it's it's good. Yeah, I was thinking about playing this last night. I gave my wife kind of an option, like, hey, I want to play a game. And she's like, yeah, we'll play something. I, I said, well, we've got Above and Below here, and we've got Time Stories. And she went with Time Stories. But I'll eventually get this one out. So one thing that I'm kind of curious about, and again, we can revisit this later on, but I'm kind of curious. When we we don't really haven't done a lot of reviews of games up to this point. But I think it's something we'll want to kind of explore a little bit more. I think we need to get this one a little bit, a few more uh, plays, like to play it with Clint. Then we can kind of maybe check back in and kind of give our 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 take on this. Agreed. I like it. Okay. Have there been any, any other games that you haven't acquired any any games as of late? Um, I was given Roll for the Galaxy, which you guys know I got to try last BGG Con and really liked it, enjoyed it, and um, had wanted it for a while, played Sean's copy a bunch. And then I was given it, and I've played it quite a few two-player games with my son Noah. He's beat me most of those, but I beat him a couple times. And then I also tried a solo variant, which is fine. I don't... It's not my favorite solo game. I would definitely throw out probably 10 before that, but... Mm-hmm. Okay. I just want to put another little shout-out here. I was in Washington, D.C. for a few days, and... I kind of put it out on Twitter, like, hey, I'm looking for a, a game shop in D.C., and someone sent me a suggestion when I went to Labyrinth Game Shop, which is a really nice game shop. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, it was a lot bigger. It was a lot deeper than I thought it was going to be. But you walk in, very friendly folks. They had all their Halloween games, lots of Mysterium out there. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So they had it all set up. Um, they were very, very knowledgeable. I, I was hitting up one of the guys that was working there talking about how I bought the Polish version because I was impatient with Mysterium coming out in English, and he gave me some suggestions and all that. So there was the uh, Brewcrafters game oh. that uh, the designer's actually from the D.C. area. Oh, wow. I ended up not picking that up because I my wife's not going to be into the theme of brewing beer. It looks like a fun game. I like the idea of kind of it's been described as Agricola, but you're brewing beer so it looks it looks neat but for some reason i'm attracted to these games where you're making alcohol i like the, the <laughs> wine games mm-hmm. i'm not a big drinker but mm-hmm. i like the, the the i've always wanted to play vinos and i've never been able to play that same here i want to play viticulture and i wouldn't mind trying brew crafters so i didn't pick those up but i ended up finding rhino hero for for my son and he loves that game uh. that's a lot of fun the top really great choice you got these little cards and you have to build the building up and we almost got through all the cards we were doing really really well building this thing up really tall but then certain the roof cards you put on those have special powers that or special things that other people have to do like you might be able to play two cards or you might make someone draw an extra card or makes the other person have to move the rhino up the building which makes it even more unstable so fun fun game and the other one i have not been able to play yet is Paperback. Have you are you familiar with Paperback? I've heard of it. Okay. Do you know what Paperback is? Yes. What is it? It is probably like Dominion, but with kind of scrabbly kind of mixed in there. Yeah, it's like it's a word game, but with a Dominion kind of building your deck sort of aspect. So you will spell words to make money to be able to buy more cards that give you special abilities and all that. It it looks like a lot of fun. So, I really want to try this one because I it's a unique take, you know. And word games are I really like word games, so. Yeah. I, I hate word games. <laughs> <laughs> Same tone of voice. And you could just really take off word games and just leave games in there, and that would probably be as well as accurate <laughs> there. <laughs> Show me where it hurts, Jonathan. Show me where it hurts. I think he's entering the anger stage at this point. <laughs> uh, we're just ripping him. <laughs> but it, my wife loves word games, and... They described it to me as the best word game they've ever played. It was on my radar to play at BGG Con last year. Didn't get an opportunity. Have been out of print for a little bit. They looked like they had tons of copies there. So I picked up a copy, and I'm really looking forward to trying that out. But I was very, very impressed with Labyrinth Game Shop in Washington, D.C. So if you're ever in the area or you live there, why have you not gone there yet? It's a great store. So definitely check it out and say it's, tell them hi. So tonight we are going to be talking all about what games we are most excited 
to play at Board Game Geek Con, which will be here right around the corner. So we'll be even closer to Board Game Geek Con by the time this podcast goes live. So I thought it might be fun to kind of explore. This is our second time going to Board Game Geek, so we're not veterans at this point. But I think I've, I know how to kind of approach this whole uh, convention a little bit differently this year. When we went in last year, we had some games in mind of what we were looking forward to. Mysterium was on the top of my list. Mm-hmm. No one else had ever heard of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, again, Jonathan played it. He liked it. You liked it. Yeah. That was the big, big thing for, for me last year. And then also playing a beginning to play XCOM. I was really looking forward to that. But I thought we might kind of dive in and kind of figure out what games are we really looking forward to and kind of why is that on our radar of things we want to check out. So what we might, might do is just kind of do a round robin here. So we kind of go around, share a game, and we'll kind of go go around and kind of jump in as people bring up things that uh, interest us. And I imagine we're probably going to have a, some things that we are going to overlap a bit with our lists. But I'm kind of curious if there's uh, anything that's unique. Is there anything, Clint, that you're just really dying to try at Board Game Geek. I actually have a couple that uh, that I'm that I'm looking at, and one of them is uh, the Pursuit of Happiness. Is actually a game that uh, I just barely I done some research on. Is that the one with Will Smith? <laughs> yes, very nice, very nice. But uh, it's actually one that I picked up with. Uh, I was just looking through some videos, and Rado was doing a video review on uh, The Pursuit of Happiness. It's by Artipia Games. Really an interesting game. And the thing that I thought about it was it, was it reminded me a little bit of CV, mm-hmm. that idea of you're making these stories, you're, you know, you're learning how to like, you're doing, you're like running and you're getting material goods and you're finding a relationship. And, you know, you're, you're kind of living out a life and uh, you're trying, your goal is to, get the most long-term happiness. And then we held hands. <laughs> and then we held hands. Yeah, I mean, seriously, though, it, I looked at it just as kind of a, uh, you know, on a lark. I was just eating some lunch. And I was like, oh, I'll try this and click it. And I really, really am interested in it. I, a lot of people say it's kind of like CV with work, with more worker placement elements. Mm. Uh, and so I'm really interested, and I hope that it's there at the con um, I know it's it just barely came out at Essen, but the production doesn't blow me away per se, but it looks like a game that is really unique, and I want to give it a shot. Well, I'm a little disappointed that Will Smith's not involved in this project, but, I mean, I'll... I, okay, I'll take his side. I've not heard of this at all. This yeah, not- I hadn't heard about it, like, until, like, a week ago, so... So Rado did a uh, run-through of this? Yeah, Rado did a run-through. Uh-huh. Well, I'll be checking out The Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. Sans Will Smith. Sans Will Smith, Yep. And what publisher is putting that out? It's Artipia Games, and they've done a couple games through uh, Stronghold, but I, I'm I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I didn't so. see anything with Stronghold. Uh, they had some pre-orders and all that, but I haven't seen anything through that. So yeah, I haven't seen anything yet. Maybe maybe it is. I don't know, but I'm 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 curious. I'll try it out. So does it does it have does it have that kind of informal story aspect, like like you're building your kind of life and all that? Uh, exactly like that. So you have different choices, like you're placing workers, like you can like go and like study, and then you can have like different study groups, like and if you invest in that study group, you can continue to go down in that study group, and the more you get out of the study group, like you can get more intelligence, and you can have like a you know, like a crafting group or whatever, and, and you can increase your creativity hmm. again, but more of a, it's more of a resource. You're gaining these resources and then spending them, but you're also like balancing. You're also balancing this idea of, you know, you got, you can put stress on yourself. It really, it, it, it had a feeling. It looks like it has the feel of CV, just a little bit more worker placement instead of like uh, die rolling and, and okay. kind of, die selection well so i that's one of the things about cv i love the art style it's so crazy <laughs> but uh-huh. if you look at the cards they're actually quite comical oh yeah i cv is amazing the art style makes that game it really does it, it really, really does. does this one eh, it doesn't it does the the graphic design and stuff i could really take it or leave it like okay. it's not it doesn't it's not blowing me away but i, I love the premise i really love the premise well, if it's there i'll definitely try that that sounds 
Sounds interesting. Again, I'm now I'm just worried about do I have room for another game that's like CV, you know? Uh huh. And that's the only reason why I'd get it is because if I want to play CV, I can play it with you. There you go, Jonathan. How about you? What's one of the games you're looking forward to? Well, I am looking forward to Big Book of Madness. I want to check that one out. It is a cooperative game where you are wizard student students. Uh, looks kind of like a little bit like Harry Potter ish. Harry Potter. And you're opening the. Uh, <laughs> You've made a terrible mistake and you've opened the big book of madness and you're trying to fight the monsters and break through the curses. And I was a little excited about this and uh, watched a little bit of video on it. And I'm I'm reserving judgment. I'm just not sure about this one at all. Okay. What's changed for you? Just seeing it's, I don't know, collecting colors and matching. So, so, you, so you do realize that the game that he was anticipating playing, he's now talking himself out of it. <laughs> I've cooled just a little bit on it, but I still, it's still in the, I, I want to try it. It looks, I, I, the art's, I mean, <clears throat> the art's nice. Yellow does wonderful, I mean, really kind of whimsical, looks like it could be out of like a Harry Potter cartoon, mm-hmm. if such a thing existed. Yeah. But it, it looks it looks, it looks, looks like it's fun. I think there's actually going to be more depth to it than perhaps it may look like on face value. And that's what, the question is, does it hit that sweet, sweet spot of, it's light enough uh, and family friendly enough that my family would play it and enjoy it, but still have enough depth and not just be, oh, I'm just trying to match three green symbols that's the game and you know right but i think a part of it is that you have to work together as a team that's why that's yep. what really draws me in about this one is that you have to be cooperative you have to share your cards you have spots where you can actually kind of put them up so other people can grab those cards because it, it looks support. like it, it could be yeah support so it looks like it'd be pretty challenging but maybe not so hard that you're going to get frustrated when you can't accomplish it is it semi-cooperative is there like an overall winner at the end of the game I think it's straight. I think co-op. it's straight co-op. Oh wow! Okay, that that puts it up on my list. But the thing the thing is is that you've got the the big book of madness, right? Mm-hmm. But you'll get you'll get cursed, and you'll draw all these madness cards, which kind of clog up your deck and all that. So there's choices of kind of what powers you're wanting to take advantage of, and the the book, the big book of madness. It's random. So there's a bunch of other pages. There's different covers to the books you can put. They're just they're just cards, but that's that's a neat little thing. You can actually change the way the book looks. You can uh, shuffle out there's lots of variability so I think every game could be different so I, I definitely want to try it I don't expect to be a really heavy game here but I think if it's enough kind of that family style I think I'd be all over this yeah okay well that gives me a thumbs up I'll give it a try <laughs> we're so nice to each other yeah I'll play your game <laughs> I, I like it that's what friends do <laughs> except I had to twist Almost seriously twists Jonathan's arm to play Mysterio. True. <laughs> True story. Right, so one of the games that I am looking forward to is 504. That's not one game. That's 504 games, sir. <laughs> I draw my line, my friendship line, at 503. <laughs> so I like Fritz's stuff. I'm, I have some reservations. I... I like the concept that you'll have lots of variability. You can kind of like, I'm in a mood to play, you know, a pick up and deliver game with, you know, these different elements with variable powers and all that. I think that's kind of cool that I'm kind of in a mood to play this type of game. Let's just see what I have here. The the one thing that I just feel like I'm going to be missing, and this has been a big shift for me as of late that as I've been kind of thinking about how my, my preferences of games have changed, the lack of theme. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And there's just no way that you could overcome that in a game like this. I, at least, I, in my mind, it's a unsurmountable obstacle. How are you going to come up with a really interesting theme for 504 different games? So I want to try it. It looks like it's going to be a really interesting experience. I'm kind of curious to see how it plays out. Jonathan is just not sold on this, I can tell. No, and the artwork doesn't look very good either. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just that's I, I don't disagree. It, I don't I don't agree to, with that. I think it has to be blandish to accommodate all those games. You think it's bland? It looks bland to me. Have you seen it up close, or you just look at the at the at a far back picture of it? I haven't seen the game in person, so <laughs> I'll, I, I'll wait I, and I, see. I think it looks good, and I think this is kind of one of those things: is that how much like that game? I think can we agree that that game takes the cake for the most like variable variable game? 
Like if you were to buy one game and to get like 504 games in one, you're sacrificing the theme, but you're you're getting a lot of variability. And how many other times have you played a game that you have just oozing with theme, but like it's the same game? Mm-hmm. Might be something else that we have on our list, you know, that you're just like, I'm gonna play this once, and then I've got it. Like that's like that's all that I've like that's all I'm getting out of this. Right. So uh, I think that there's two there are two different things. I'm kind of on the same side as as you. I really want to try it. I'm really curious about it, but it's not one that I'm putting on my buy list because, again, if something's going to get to the table, it's probably not going to get the thing of like, hey, I'm looking for a new game. I buy lots of new games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be like I want to want to see and say, hey, I played one of 504 games. I, I look forward to trying it. It's, this is one of the things that I, so I haven't jumped on it. It's a little pricey, but for what you're getting, lots of replayability. Even if you change, you know, the order in which you choose the different modules dramatically changes the game. I think it's one of these things I would need to try more than just once. I agree. I agree. And one thing that I would say, though, is one thing that came out when the MSRP came out, it's 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a huge pushback. Like, there was a lot of backlash. And uh, St- Stephen Bonacore kind of went out and said, guys, guys, there is a ton in this box. And I've noticed, though, that that's really been curbed because after people have gotten their hands, they're saying, holy crud, there's a ton of cardboard in this box. We have the the echo, ch- the, the BGG echo chamber of, you know, of this false outrage of, like, I don't even own this game, but I'm going to, like, vomit this, you know, vitriol on, oh, online. You, you've set up the best segue. What's your next game? Uh, my next game is uh, Time Stories, <laughs> as a matter <laughs> yes. of fact. Um, I am not as cool as uh, Jonathan and Sean, and they've already done the first scenario, yeah, the asylum done, we've, scenario. We've done the asylum case. Um, and I'm just dying to play this game. I am like, this is probably my number one game I want to play for that experience. But I'm, I'm hoping to play it with, I'm having a hard time because I don't know. I don't want to play it with strangers. I want to play it with my friends. But you guys have already played the first the first one, so I'm I'm a little reticent to get that started. Well, here's the thing. The, again, kind of the this whole thing about perceived value in games is driving me nuts. Hundred dollars for a game that you can have 504 different variations. And you're going to complain about that. And then you have a game on the opposite end of the spectrum, like Time Stories, which offers up an amazing experience. I have never played a game that does this. Yeah. It, I mean, granted, once you finish it, you may not want to go back and play it again. I'm different. because For a long time. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. I am still excited. I've played through the Asylum case three times with three different groups we've uh, we finished with our group with jonathan noah and myself um at our last game night we actually started another one with four players and so i just you know i was moving around kind of you know getting information sharing with them but because i know where a lot of the stuff is i tried to go elsewhere (laughs) you know it makes myself still useful Uh uh-huh but not i want them to be able to uncover stuff and still me sharing stuff yeah like you not know, you know it hasn't gotten tiring for me and so my wife played it with two players and i was enjoying that as well with her because she was experiencing the story for the first time i get a lot out of that that's not going to be the case for everyone but for me time stories was worth the price that i paid i i did not pay the msrp value for it i got it online so i got it cheaper but even for me if i paid full price i for me personally because i love that experience completely worth every dime i spent how much was the msrp it's 50 dollars msrp but and it comes with a game and it comes with the first comes with the asylum case. oh oh no that's a that's an add-on no no yes it comes with <laughs> outrage <laughs> you can buy the game but you have no way to play it unless you buy an expansion exactly no it comes with one case it comes with the asylum case okay so now again fifty dollars for three times for well i mean if it could be fewer times if you're just a superstar and you 
because you do it's like uh, people have in my mind when I first heard about this I'm like oh it's like Quantum Leap the board game because you're time traveling you're inhabiting the bodies of these receptacles or other people so you're taking on their appearance but you're trying to change this event that took place in the time period you're visiting Mm -hmm. so Shut Up and Sit Down did a really comical video kind of playing up that that Quantum Leap Mm-hmm. vibe they did not care for it okay. i am on the opposite end of the spectrum but i am someone who loves narrative and i grew up playing video games like mist and the point and click adventure games people have described it as monkey island it's not monkey island the board game <laughs> i see what they're trying to say there it's not it's not a comedy yeah but it's it's the you're exploring, you're going around, you're talking to people, you're trying to gather clues, trying to f- paying attention to the details and figuring out what's important, what's a red herring. Oh my gosh, the discussions we've had playing this. One person, we should totally do this. None, why? Why? This is this is completely a, a trap. Why would you do this? And this is this dialogue, and then we end up convincing ourselves just to do it anyways. And like I told you not to do that. <laughs> But it's like you get, but then now you've learned the curiosity, yeah. the curiosity factor. I don't think this is a good idea, but I'm going to do it anyways to see what happens. And well, I now know not to do that again. Yeah. So I love it a lot. It's really, really cool to be able to kind of walk around and kind of talk to people, explore it. This would absolutely be my top game of Board Game Geek if I didn't already own it. Yeah, well, that's, that's awesome. And again, I kind of in the same way as how much would you pay for you know, a once in a lifetime experience. I mean, and I think that this game, I think really tells that amazing story. And we're starting to get a lot of those, like the legacy games, you know, pandemic legacy, uh, risk legacy, you play these games and you really can't play it after you get done with it. But you know, did you get a lot out of that game? And, uh, I just think people, you know, they just want more. They want, they want to have their cake and eat it too kind of thing. And, I I I'm I'm really excited to try this one out, and I I wouldn't be surprised if I end up buying it down the road at some point. Just for that idea of hey, I'm the facilitator. I want you to talk in two or three years about the one time that we you know we played Time Stories. And that's the thing we were talking about it. We were thinking about it. I mean I don't I mean I got the impression from you, Jonathan, that you were you because we were we didn't have after our second run we were missing something yeah we knew we were missing a big piece and we were just i mean we were racking our brains trying to figure out where are we missing this key element to solve this thing and i I gotta tell you i enjoyed it a lot it was a great experience for me uh it's one of the best things i've played this year for sure and that that actually makes me feel really good to hear that because when we first started playing this he was oh wow this is neat oh, this is pretty cool. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm not used to this type of praise. What's going on here? Uh-huh. <laughs> but no, it's a really neat experience. It's a puzzle. If you don't love puzzles, and again, you'll probably forget some things. Some things will still stick in your head. But I love the idea of being able to see other people experience it as well. You know, metaphors of this being like a console. A video game console. You're going to buy new cartridges to put into the console to play the game. You know, how many times do you replay video games? There's a handful that I play. Actually, not the ones I probably replayed the most are the first-person adventure games like Myst, which I'm a huge fan of. But most people play it once. I'm done with that. Or they even finish it at all. But I would be hard-pressed to find someone. I'm sure there's someone out there who starts Time Stories that doesn't feel compelled to actually go through it and finish it. I I agree. So the the new expansions, they their MSRP is thirty bucks, and it's for two decks of cards. So I get that, but it's a new scenario, and the way this thing is designed, oh my gosh, the time and the artwork is just amazing. I've heard the artwork is pretty amazing. Now the the artwork does change between the the different packs. So the art style is very very different between Asylum and the Marcy case. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Thirty dollars that does make me a little bit. And that's is that thirty MSRP? That's MSRP. Okay. So twenty bucks if you get it online, essentially. Yeah. Okay. But we have not finished the Marcy case yet, and we're not going to talk about any spoilers on here. But I feel like I am enjoying. I enjoyed the setting of 
the asylum more, but I'm having a harder time figuring out what is really going on in the Marcy case. Oh, really? I'm really intrigued by the story, what's going on in the Marcy case. Um, so maybe I'll be let down by the by the climax of that, but I I'm, I think I'm enjo- I enjoyed the gameplay of the Asylum more so far, but I'm enjo- I think I'm I'm liking the story a little bit more. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. Or the mystery. I'm I'm enjoying the mystery of the Marcy case a little bit more. One other thing, just I gotta throw out: How long did it take you to beat the Asylum? It took us. It took us three runs, three runs. So we probably, probably an hour. Uh, sorry, not an hour and a half, five and a half hours to six hours, somewhere around there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard some people like range from about three and a half to six hours. So it's about. We had some moments where we slowed down. We took our time. We really started analyzing, trying to figure out. Okay, we 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 can see there's some. The pieces are falling together, but we're trying to figure out what it is. And whenever you solve some of the big puzzles, oh, it's so, so rewarding. It really is. It really is. So if you're not going to buy time stories, you owe it to yourself to at least try it at Board Game Geek because it's an experience you will not have again more than likely. Yeah, so I'm excited. Second game on my list is it's kind of competing with Big Book of Madness a little bit, and that's the Warhammer Quest adventure card game because it's another cooperative game where you supposedly really have to work together. Um, and you have different abilities, and you know you kind of have to you have to play off of each other. You have to play to your strengths of, of whichever character you're playing. Uh, you have to help each other out, and and so I feel like it may be kind of occupying the same space as that book, big book of madness, and that's part of the reason why it kind of dropped down on my list a little bit. But I'm, I'm interested in this one. I loved uh, Hero Quest as a kid, and this. Well, not being the same thing, but kind of echoes that kind of world uh, and that kind of adventure and being able to, you know, build up your party and, you know, level up a little bit and, uh, you know, gather some loot and stuff. All in a shorter time period, less setup and involvement of something like Descent or Imperial Assault. How long is this supposed to take? I'm not sure, but I'm get I'm getting about forty five minutes as okay. as the time. This really is not on my radar at all. Nope. Me neither. <laughs> so. And even even if I, I I only the reason I know about it is because Jonathan has mentioned it. Yeah. But even then, I'm like I don't I, I I don't know I don't know if I'm really excited about the Warhammer universe is my problem. Warhammer is the, it like my eyes just glaze over. <laughs> <laughs> like I see like Forbidden Stars and I'm just like uh, like. Nah. Well, I played Warhammer Fantasy in 40k, so it's it's a universe that I'm somewhat interested in. Yeah. And you were really excited about Forbidden Star as well. I was. I was. I still haven't played it. I, that one's like that a, one. take a deep breath. I don't know if I have the, the, you, the three or four hours. Wait, 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 wait. You wait, wouldn't try did, that one? Wait. Don't. Haven't you seen Twilight Imperium 3 somewhere? I have. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I really got that for a friend, guys. <laughs> He just picked that up. I would never get that game. Clint showed us, sent us a picture of, hey, my bounty or something like that came in. And down there at the bottom, it's kind of dark. You can see Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition. And we're like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I got it for a friend. Right. Yeah. A friend. I, I really did get that for a friend. He really <laughs> wanted to get get into the game. And I'm just like... I just, you know, don't you love like a friend? Like you're, you're not gonna tell him what to do, but you're like, just want you to know, this game is an all day game. And he's like, yeah, isn't that great? And I'm like, do you have people that will play this <laughs> with you? And preferably people that aren't married, because you know, you don't know if you can sneak away for eight hours, at, you know, to play a game. But he's super excited about it. Just picked it up today, so. And I told him, I'm like, you're going to spend the entire night cutting it out. Like, they're still on, like, sprues and stuff. Ooh. So I just said, it's a whole entire, like, this is a craft to get every all that in there. It's so. a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. So. Um, and then the twist ending is we'll find out that Clint is his own best friend. Clint, <laughs> Clint had a psychic break and, you know, you know, pass me the sprue cutter. Oh, jeez. Passing it to my other hand. Yeah. No, not, not. 
I, I I like the idea of big epic games, but oh man, it's a young man's game. It's a young man's game. Too old. Yeah. I'm getting too old but, for this. But for 45 minutes, I would try this this game. I I will if you're watch. Wow! <laughs> wow! Oh, oh, I'm playing 504, oh. and <laughs> I would even try. I guess something else on your list, but. Okay, if you'll play, if you'll play one of my games, I, I, I will, I will soldier up for, uh, I'll cowboy up for, yeah, another a Warhammer game. We don't disagree a whole lot on this podcast, but yeah, Warhammer just, mm, yeah, that's nothing yeah, for me at all. People. It's it's funny though because it's it is like an it's like an inside joke. Like one of my best friends, he got War Angel, mm-hmm. uh, the Warhammer Death Angel, card game. Death, Death Angel, Death Angel, um, and I mean serious it was the funniest thing he's like he's like opening it we went to a convention and he's opening it and he's like oh my gosh clint this is amazing like look there's these there's these like templars and And chaplains and terminators yes there are these chaplains and you're gonna like fire at these reavers or something and i'm just gene stillers gene yeah splicers or something like that and i mean this guy i mean he was working himself up like he was almost sweating talking about this card game and i am looking at him like he is like a crazed man and i'm just like this does not do it for me and i can almost get into any game i mean give me enough but that warhammer i'm just i just feel like it's an inside joke and i just don't get it i just don't get it so i'm filled with disappointment is this out of the ordinary All right, so here's a game that I know that Jonathan will be excited to try. <laughs> it's giddy with excitement. Trickerian. I he Jonathan brought this to my attention on. Oh yeah, breathe deep breath, deep breath. Do you need a paper bag? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he brought me uh, the Kickstarter to my attention, and at that point, I was like, "Oh, it looks neat. I just don't know if I, I, I wasn't sold at the time, but." The way that it, I think of it in my mind is prestige the board game. Yep. Oh. But here's the thing. I, I don't think it's going to live up to that necessarily. But Is Hugh Jackman included? No, but I believe there's a David Bowie as Nikola Tesla. No, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say. Sold. Make a promo with David Bowie dressed as Nikola Tesla. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll buy your game. <laughs> The idea here is that you are essentially illusionist, stage illusionists, and you are trying to design and perform these magic tricks to uh, win favor of the crowds and all that. So you have to get your your assistants to go out and buy the resources you need to be able to build the tricks, and you give the, the parts to your engineer who constructs the tricks, and there's different difficulty of the different tricks you have to perform, and then once you get them mastered, you go into the stage and you perform them, and... It looks really neat. It looks like it could be pretty heavy. Yeah. Oh, really? I think it looks medium to heavy, yeah. Oh, I the theme has got me. It's a unique theme. I'm definitely on that one. I thought I thought that was going to be more of like a medium to medium light game. No. Definitely not on the light side. Definitely not on the light side. I really think it's medium heavy from what I saw. What's the playtime? It's showing about an hour to two hours. Ooh. So the, the the swing between hour to I'm going to say 90 minutes to two I, hours. I bet it's closer to two hours. And that's what it is. So it's two to four players. It's listed as an hour to two. So Maybe that's a good three-player game. If you got a game like that that's super long, a good th- like three players is just about right for a game like that. Yeah. So I don't you can think get it, on the earlier end. I don't think it's going to be super heavy, but it looks like it would be on a little bit of the heavier side of the medium weight. I really want to try this one. Yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't heard a lot about it. I've heard people buzzing about it, but I haven't like looked into it. Yeah. But uh, the theme really catched my eye. It looks really, really cool. But no, as far as I know, no Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, or David Bowie are involved in this project. Okay. <laughs> that that <laughs> missed opportunity there. Oh. <laughs> All right. My last game that I want to talk about is Automania. Another game that I love. Like, there's some really hyped games that are coming in. One of my big games, like, I love finding the, the like, I remember when we found Colt Express. Mm-hmm. Had never heard about Colt Express, walked by it, and saw it on the table, and like, woo, that looks interesting. And we played it, and I think I played it three or four times, and like, pre-ordered it, like, the second that I, after the second time, I'm like, this is fun. It's a short, 
like awesome fun. And I really want to find some more of those games. I want to find another game that's like, oh, wow, like I find this game before like it becomes hugely popular. And I think one of the ones that has a good chance is this idea of Automania. Last Board Game Geek Con, I played Kanban. Enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good game it was by Stronghold Games, but it was way, it was heavy. It mm-hmm. was medium heavy, leaning further onto the heavy side. And I was like, I love this game. I would never buy this game because I'm just not going to be able to get it to the table. And then all of a sudden, I've, I was heard on the Dice Tower or something like that, and I hear I hear this idea of this this game called Automania, and it really to me, looking at it, it really seems like it is Kanban light. There's still, but there are a lot of great, interesting choices within it. It's all about you know you're manufacturing cars, it's worker placement, and so you're working on you're working on these things. You can build cars, you you can build a ton of cars. There's like a American and European market, and you can sell them to different markets, and you're looking to get prestige victory points but you're also working to get money so that you can buy new stuff to put on your conveyor belts and like assemble like your sports cars with with better safety features or faster speed and i'm really excited about this game it it seems the artwork doesn't totally blow me away like you look at the box art i was gonna bring that up it's very stylistically very different than kanban it is it is but for me it's exactly, it took, it's taking Kanban, it's taking this idea of making cars, which is a cool theme, and it's dropping it to that magical 90, you know, 60 to 90 minute range, which is, in my book, is the, is kind of the sweet spot where I can get, I'll be able to get this out more often than, than not. Here comes the distaste. I'm ready for it, Jonathan. Let me, let's have it. This one does not appeal to me at all. <laughs> um, and I don't really know why, other than the fact maybe I used to build cars on a, on a line so i don't know i just don't need to play that game but i don't know i guess this would be my warhammer universe is this like a theme thing or have you seen like the the mechanisms i just i have no interest in it i don't know why Uh uh-huh maybe it's just the name yeah i'm interested have you seen anything about it sean i haven't really seen a whole lot i've seen a little bit of the artwork it didn't blow me away but I'd, I'd be willing to try it. I, the idea of, I don't know why, like things like Kanban and Vinos and things like that, things that I'm like these kind of interesting themes. I don't know. I don't, I find those interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why I do, but I'd, I'd try it. I'm not dying to, 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 to experience it, but yeah, I'd give it a go. Yeah, this is one that I, I, I'm really excited about. I think that this this is one that I know will probably be there. And uh, one that if I don't, I definitely, I'm definitely, I'm going to try it, but I, I really lean forward to, I think this is one that I'll probably get. Uh, artwork aside, I think the artwork is a little bit of a downer, but again, it's kind of a little bit more lighthearted. You look at Kanban and Kanban scares you. <laughs> it is pretty scary. It is scary. And you know what? It, it's, it's a little bit easier than you, than you, you expect it to be, but it is still a brain burner in a lot of ways. And there are a lot of moving parts. This one seems a lot more streamlined and I, I really like that. I'm really excited for that one. Excellent. I'll play it with you. <laughs> Begrudgingly. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, don't get too excited. It could be the next Mysterium. No. No. <laughs> All right, what's your what's your your third game? Well, when I throw out, throw out a quick third one, Shakespeare. I've been interested in this since I first heard about it. I think I saw a Rich Summer tweet one day that got me interested in this and looked at it. I love the art of the actors. I I like the the variable powers that you can get by drafting the different actors and costumers and stage designers and all those kind of things. I'm a little bit worried. Because I heard someone say it's a little bit tight, and uh, Dan King said it's pretty, pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah, he said it's pretty tight, and I, yeah. after my above and below experience, I, I don't know if I'm super excited about a real tight game. But you know what? I'm still gonna try it. I've kind of bounced back a little bit. I was, I was super excited, and then my interest was crushed, and it's bouncing back. It's coming back alive. And I have, I hear, have here a message from Jonathan. Yesterday, and I quote, I'm thinking it might be the game that I hoped above and below would be. 
I may, I may have said that. <laughs> so in other words, what we're doing is setting unrealistically high expectations, setting yourself up for disappointment. Perhaps that's your problem. So I just need to go into to all of these <laughs> thinking I'm going to hate them and then hope that I'm pleasantly surprised. Welcome, yes. <laughs> welcome to Punch and Played Group Therapy Edition. <laughs> that actually did work for uh, when I saw National Treasure. So I knew I was going to hate it and was slightly pleasantly surprised. So There we go. Maybe maybe that is the strategy. <laughs> you never know. All right, my last game is one that I hadn't hadn't been on my radar, but it I, I didn't even know it existed until a few days ago. But when I saw it, it hit on the things I I love: deduction and storytelling. And this game is Watson and Holmes. So it looks like it's going to be it's it's tying in. a lighter version, perhaps, of Sherlock Holmes consulting detective. But it still has, I've heard really great things that it has this really, these 12 cases very well written from what I understand with these really interesting mi- mysteries that you have to, it's a uh, competitive game, but you're working to try to solve this mystery, kind of helping Sherlock Holmes uh, solve these mysteries. So I really look forward to trying this out. I love Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. It's a little hard for me to get out because it is a little much. There's a lot of reading, so this one maybe give it a little bit more structure while still having that element of narrative and deduction at the same time. So I look really look forward to trying this one out. Has this been on your radar at all? I it hasn't for me. It just kind of seems to be it's like oh it's another another Sherlock game, yeah. Uh, yeah. and so I would be interested in trying it, especially with like if you really love it. Like I I would I'm not opposed to trying it. I just I'm. I'm kind of desensitized to uh, to what to Sherlock Holmes stuff right now. No, I I'm with you. I think that they do have been overplaying Sherlock Holmes to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But the the big selling point for me is that it really seems to be that it has that strong story aspect to it, mm-hmm. and so that with coming off of Time Stories, loving that the, there's a, that game's all about uncovering a story and piecing the clues together. I look forward to, to trying this out. Okay. Um, I know. How many Sherlock Holmes games do I actually need to own? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm excited though. I'll I'll definitely try that one. That one's one. I at least want to check it out. It may not blow me away, but I've heard that th- th- it's so well written that it's a really neat experience to be able to. Now, whether or not the gameplay will really unfold in an interesting way, I, I don't know quite yet. That's why I want to try it out. So okay. there is one other game that. I'm a little scared to acknowledge that I want to try it. Ooh, do tell. Can you scoop me up some ice cream? Yep. Oh, yeah. Food chain magnate. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I. I really want. This is like a theme that I am drawn to. I, it's it's up there with the car building and the winery stuff. I don't know why this appeals to me, but I'm, I don't know. It is. Like, I, I agree with you. It's like, I want to build this business. Like, I always think to myself, you know, oh, this is this would be really fun. And I, I admit, I haven't seen a lot on it. The thing about Splatter, though, is that it tends to be, like, the games tend to be dense. Like, I played Indonesia. I played it twice, and it blew me away. Like, amazing fun. Um, I got the game, haven't played it, you know, in like two years. And so I, I, this is a convention game. This is when I'd push over some of my lighter games because I know that I could get maybe the lighter games to the table. Yeah. This is definitely a convention game for me. And I'm hoping it's really good so I can buy it and I can just gather dust on my shelf. <laughs> Awesome. See, I actually want to try it too. But you see, he has fully embraced reality here. I have. Yes, I have. Uh-huh. But yeah, I want to try it. I just cannot pull the trigger on this because one, I, I never get to play big, long games. And this one looks like it's going to be pretty time intensive, mainly probably, probably because it's just so dense. But I do really want to try this. So I think that's it's up there, but I'm scared to do it. So... <laughs> Will you, will you play with me, guys? I will definitely... I am genuinely excited about that one. Again, both the times I've played a Splatter game... Oh, I've actually played three Splatter games. I've played Antiquity. And all three of those times, they were at conventions. So, it's it's a bear. I'll have to look that one up. All right. So, we have two more things to accomplish, and we'll try to do it quick. We've got to do the punch list. 
we're going to do something different. I'm not going to have you pick a board game this time. Okay? We're not, and this, this completely goes against what the punch list is all about. Trying to find a game that we think is punch worthy, but we're looking for a punch worthy experience this time. We're evolving people. <laughs> well, Board Game Geek is right around the corner, but it's more than just playing games. So I want to know what do you hope to do at Board Game Geek Convention that's not about playing a game? This will be easy for me. Um, last time, I uh, stalked several internet personalities, stalked Tom Basil, <laughs> um, stalked Rodney Smith, stalked uh, Colby Dowk, um, super stalked Paul from uh, oh. Shut Up and Sit Down. Oh, that doesn't that that's painting it too light, man. I, I hope I didn't. <laughs> I hope I didn't scare him too much. I think the restraining orders are up, so this is free game again. Yep, yep. Uh, but I hear. I hear Rado's coming to BGGCon. Did I hear that? Is that right? I have heard rumblings. If, but, uh, if that's true, then you better watch out. His name is Jonathan Baker. <laughs> you, you can go ahead and file the report now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get any pic? You got some pictures with, with some of these folks, Oh, right? yeah. I got pictures with everybody. They even put on a fake smile for you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've done a bunch of dice. Like, I've, I, when I first went to a convention, like, I've played Merchant of Venus with Eric Summer Mm-hmm. I've, I, you know, I played Tom Vassell taught me nothing personal. I, I've got those experiences. It's really interesting. Like I like to say hi. I make sure to say Eric, see Eric and say hi as much as I possibly can. Cause like I said, that was like a really cool experience. And he still says, Oh, Hey, at least he acts like he still remembers me when I see him. But I, I do know that like starstruck look of like, I really want to see, meet someone like Rado because I mean, he lives in the other side of the world or whatever. But I, I do like to thank them for their work because, uh, I, I, I mean, they, they do a lot of great stuff and I like to support them. And Rodney Smith, I've met Rodney Smith before. He's actually nicer in person than he is even on in front of the camera. He's just one of those, like, good people. And sometimes it's like, I'm afraid to meet these people because I'm hoping they're nice people because I, like, romanticize <laughs> that, you know, oh, they're, so nice, they're such nice people. They're trying to tell me what games that are good games, you know. All right. So mine is I want Jerry Hawthorne to take me to a place where I can get Dragon's Milk beer. Whoa! <laughs> I, I'm serious. I, I, I want to try this. Okay. So, Put, laying down, putting down the gauntlet. I got to gotta hit Jerry up and see if he'll uh, clue me in where, where we can get, a, get some Dragon's Milk. Uh, it's interesting. Mine is kind of is a little bit in the same vein, is that uh, I'm a transplant here to Oklahoma, and this is like the magical time for me that a lot of my friends, I have a lot of great friends, they come to Board Game Geek, and it's a great time to connect with these people. Like pretty much like I'll, I only see them maybe once or twice a year, so I think it's sometimes a celebration of just seeing these seeing these guys, just kind of like oh my gosh, we've made it another year. Uh, it's really fun. I've actually had some great experiences of people that I've met where I used to live and other conventions, and they come down to Board Game Geek Con. Last year, I sat, we sat down at the table to play Kanban, and these two people sat down, and then all of a sudden, like, I just throw up my hands, and I'm like, oh my gosh! And they, they're these people that, like, I ran to, I, like, I ran into them in a convention way up, like, way up north, and they came down to Board Game Geek Con, and we hadn't seen each other in a year, but we were still chatting and talking about the time we played Democker and and it was the 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 kind of the comradeship of like going down there and, and seeing these people that you haven't seen in a year. It really is like special to me to see these people. And so I, I always that's the number one thing that I that's the experience that I look forward is seeing these people again and saying, you know, hey, I'm glad we're friends. You know, it's good to see you again. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm hoping to make some more connections this time around, because now that we've kind of got our first convention out of the way, uh, we weren't doing the podcast at that time. We've been thinking about the idea of doing a podcast, but we're hoping to have shirts. Oh, well, maybe we'll have shirts. I hope we have shirts. Make sure, like I said, it come come up and say hi. That would that would make the convention, even if you've just you know just a just a hire or whatever that that means a lot don't don't hesitate like if oh, we're yeah. in a game or anything i don't care to say hi i've listened to the podcast oh that would like completely make my day <laughs> so 
we're not needy or anything. No, but no. Uh, but uh, you know, my therapist says that it would you know. It would help. No, I'm just kidding. But it, it would be it'd be really great to meet all you guys. That would be great. We've had some contact like over Twitter and, and stuff like that. And we've had a lot of great feedback. But uh, we'd love to see you in person. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. So we'll hopefully have some punched and played shirts that we'll be wearing. But we'll we'll see if it all comes together at the last second. Speaking of Twitter, we have a version of Vault Wars to give away. So since our last podcast, we did our Halloween episode, we threw out the, the hashtag trunk full of junk, <laughs> <laughs> which I went through the history and, oh, yep, it's a, it's a little unsavory. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I looked at it. I was a little scared for a moment. Oh, boy. Yeah. So what we're going to do here is we had some people who uh, tweeted at uh, us at, at PunchPlate on Twitter and using the hashtag... They told us why they deserved again to get a copy of Vault Wars by John Gilmore. So what we got here, as I've got a randomizer here, I'm going to do a search for the hashtag chunk full of junk. I'm going to hit pick by hashtag, and we're going to see who pops up as the lucky winner of this game. So here it goes. The lucky winner. And actually, <laughs> one of our earliest listeners to the podcast is V-A-C-A-B-K-C. He is involved with the What Are You Playing this week. Is that Brandon? Yeah. So he is going to, uh, he lives in, he's a big big Royals fan. Yep. And uh, if we'll get in, be in touch with you to let you uh, figure out arrangements to get you a copy of Vault War. So congratulations. Thanks for entering our our contest. And if you're if you happen to be at Board Game Geek, we certainly Hope to meet up with you as well. So I believe that brings the conclusion of the Punched and Played podcast, episode number 18. So the next time, uh, we're going to be at Board Game Geek. So we'll definitely have a follow-up episode kind of talking about our experiences like every other podcast in the world that goes to Board Game Geek Con. Yep. But I think it's just fun to talk about the experiences we had. So that's what we'll probably do next, next time. So... Speaking of which, remember that you can like us on Facebook, you can follow us on Twitter at PunchPlayed, and you can visit us at our website at PunchedAndPlayed.com. So, until next time, remember, if you're going to punch them, make sure you play them. Yeah.